John Sheezer, I'm here. Eric Marino. Eric. No, I gotta tell you about the Clippers. Sportsaholics, I gotta. Let's just hope this shit doesn't go viral. It's hump day, which I don't even, I hate, I can't, I hate hump, I hate that saying, so I'm sorry I even said it, but it's September Wednesday. 18th, September 18th. We're, I think at this point, a hundred days or under to Christmas, it seems like, but right. it's saving money. 99 days, Mark Gastineau, number of days till Christmas, everybody. What are you getting me? Cheese. You know, I've got a, a long time to decide. Maybe I'm. I'm looking into some flights, so maybe I'll just gift you myself. I'll fly out, oh. and I'll come in, and we'll... Christmas with the cheese, everybody. It'd be November. Probably that's when flights are really cheap. Um, right. And what, it's like 300 bucks. Like, it's shocking. I was like, okay, I, could, I might be able to do that for a couple of days. But get in there. Build that shelf. You know, you need storage. Finally run we that do, We're getting better, though. We are getting better. I'm... Lady or listeners, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Eric downsized. Like with any move, you're just left with a bunch of stuff. You're going through the remains of your life. You're looking yes. at historical events. You're looking at you're finding receipts, receipts from, from 1995, that, receipts from Circuit City, Blockbuster, things that no longer exist, Kukuru in Los Angeles, it, it, Dublin's on Sunset, Miyagi's on Sunset. And as he's throwing this away, I'm I'm thinking, man, if I was a set designer or you know, just did worked in TV. Like you got everything from the '90s up until Titanic ticket stub from Titanic, uh, 1998. I have two. I went twice. I have two different ticket stubs. Uh, the Matrix, uh, Man's Chinese Theater, the the Star Wars reissue at Man's Chinese Theater. If for some reason, contact me if anyone wants ticket stubs from the '90s or what I may have gone to. The original Jumanji. I think I have that. These are things I may not have Jumanji. I don't want to promise something. Yeah, you're talking a big games. game, and then you're like, well, Jumanji might be a bit much. <clears throat> might be. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to brag. Yeah, but um, you do have a Mrs. Doubtfire ticket stuff. I do. I do. I do. Uh, big I do. Robin Williams fan. Rest in peace. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, but uh, let's move on to happy news. Sheezer, uh, I don't know if you saw this last night. A Yastrzemski homered at Fenway Park for the first time since 1983 when Mike Yastrzemski's famous grandfather, Carl Yastrzemski, number eight for the Red Sox, last homered in 1983, uh, and his grandson, uh, last night at Fenway for the San Francisco Giants. A lovely story. Little Yaz, uh, not going out of the park. And he, of course, his grandfather, he grew up there, had a lot of fine memories. It's, uh, and, uh, nice to see it's a nice little story you know what i mean it it, it warms the cockles the cockles did they give him a standing o uh, i have no idea you know it's boston they might have yelled the n-word at them i mean it's racist sometimes it could be terrible i have no idea so it's, it's a dark time for everybody who knows you know 
I just imagine <laughs> Ted Williams' son runs out of the scoreboard with his head frozen, just to frozen face. <laughs> this should have been me, robot voice. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That'd be the ultimate laugh. Like 150 years from now, like Ted Williams' head is somehow regrown into a body, and he comes back right. to life. Bats 408. Like in the two hundred and fifty of the major league, we'll see who has the last left. I guess history will uh, history will let us know. Or oh man, time! I guess time he, will let us know. I don't know, but it's like, what if he, he they come back, but he can't hit the curve? He actually can't hit for average. So then you're like, God, maybe you know he's. Uh... <laughs> or worst of all, the Ted Williams comes back. And he gets Lou Gehrig's disease. I mean, that would be ironic. Oh, man. I think we should – that's a script, I think. And then he gets – so then you get like – oh, it's like – but then it becomes they have to rename it in the clones or the thing because it becomes the Ted Williams clone Lou Gehrig's disease. Only if you're a Ted Williams clone do you get the clone Lou Gehrig's disease. Movie opens <laughs> up credits roll in the year 2525. If man is still alive. <laughs> Uh, also, she's uh, so you know, guys. You, as you might know, we got sportsaholics from coast to coast. This show is done three thousand miles apart. The she's is in Los Angeles. I'm here in the Big Apple, New York City. And since I moved here in 2017, uh, Mr. Sheezer, I have to tell you, I'm having a bit of deja vu. It's mid-September, and all of a sudden, oh my God, you'll never believe this. Eli Manning isn't any good. All the Giants fans realize he isn't any good again for the third September in a row. And once again, we're talking about and have now benched Mr. Eli Manning again for the third year in a row. I think final final lap when I heard that, I just imagined that guy in the Saquon Barkley jersey at the bar ruining everyone's lunch at TGI Fridays at Times Square yes. just saying screaming show some heart and then uh, start crying you could have a little soul or whatever he did say yeah yeah oh Doyle <laughs> he slips oh, on a Doyle banana rules. peel at that very moment yeah. and ruins the Saquon Barkley because he's holding in a, a meatball sub in one hand and four slices of pizza stacked on top of each other on the other if yeah. ever a man could look like he painted his face team colors but not have painted his face, this man looked like that. It was as if he had painted his entire body blue. I know it was not. It was not entirely blue. But somehow his very aura was like this electric giant blue. It's just it's come to that time in Eli Manning's career where you stop playing. I know there's like rumors. Oh, what about Jacksonville? Tom Coffee, you know, like all the or his old coach, and you know that's just put that to bed. You see, don't want I, that. I, you don't want Bo a, you Jackson. Know I think I playing see something. I think I see deep down in the heart of each giant fan what they secretly want is they want to they want this kid to come in, this Daniel Jones, win a couple, maybe go 500, but stumble, bumble. And maybe Eli comes back in for some key drives, and somehow they get themselves into a wild card position down the stretch. They know they're not good. The Giants fans know they're not good, but they know they have Barkley, and they know they could possibly bumble stumble their way into a wild card. And if they do, Eli Manning comes back and somehow can bumble and stumble to get back into the Super Bowl. And secretly, what every Giant fan wants, I'm telling you this, she's, is they want to bumble and stumble. Against the Patriots, who in this fantasy of theirs would also be the undefeated 2.0 team, 
you know, now with A, B, and everyone else. And, like, then it would – and they would want – and all of America would want the Giants to be – and that's what every Giant fan secretly wants. They want to somehow, with Daniel Jones or and Eli, get to – and they think they're – and they secretly hope – they're not going to tell you, but way deep down, their hope is to – Eli Manning the Patriots a third time. And and if the Patriots were undefeated, all the better. I'm telling you, that's the secret heart of every Giant fan tonight in the Big Apple. I mean, of course, but that if you put those odds up in Vegas, that's got to be at least 2,000 to 1. I mean... And then I'd say it's a good bet to put down on every Giant fan thinking that way. Oh, yeah. No, they... I mean, that's right off into the sunset. Glorious. I mean... It, what Giants fans just got to realize it's gonna it's that time and unless your little boy's eight nine years old, he's not gonna remember Eli. Doesn't you know? It's just gonna be stories. So just get start memorizing all those memory stories, the Super Bowls, where you were at, what kind of pizza you ordered, all the details because you're just gonna have those the rest of your life. Those great two runs, you know, in a nice right now five hundred. I think I heard. 176, 176, I think, is his all-time record. So perfect. It's kind of like Pujols right now is right at 300 for his lifetime career. So people are just kind of thinking maybe he just retires. You think Eli is lifetime 500? I, I believe. Let me research that real quick while I'm here. But that's, I believe, what I heard this morning that was a, a while ago. 500 quarterback. I do kind of want him to be the perfect 500 quarterback. When and he wins, he wins big. When he's he loses, not a bad actor. Just... You know? Um, let's see here. But I don't. I think there would be an uprising if... Uh, I think it's like they want to start the Daniel Jones, see if they can catch some almost like Brady Bunch magic. You know, young Tom Brady. You know, that's what everybody... That's the, that's the fairy tale we pitch now. He could be the next Tom Brady... Like this guy in Jacksonville could be the next Tom Brady. This <laughs> Minshew, people liking what's happening down there. Shout out to Wazoo. Got two starting quarterbacks right now. Um, Jacksonville guy. God, it's not. It's not luck. Um, God, what's his name? He set the Pac-12 touchdown Brissette? record. Falk. You're saying Jacoby Brissett? No. For Falk. the Colts? No, no, no. Falk for Jacksonville. Oh. The third string guy, oh, or no, right, no, no, right, for, right. for the Jets. I'm sorry, for the Jets. Yes, and yes, yes. Jacksonville's yes, got Mishu or whatever. Yeah, that's the other thing. New York is saying that somehow they've played two games and they've gone through five. The New York combined has gone through five quarterbacks in in four games. And <laughs> we'll be starting number six, number four, number four, and number five uh, this coming week five uh, for game five and six for New York's combined Jets and Giants. Lots of fun here. An interesting. They have uh, mono. They're out for the season. Dude, and Ben Roethlisberger call. being Ben Roethlisberger being out. I'm telling you, Steeler fans, it's the luckiest thing may have happened. It's like start the rebuild now. Just flush it all out. What about the coach? I think you keep. We're in this day and age. I like the the legacy coach. Just I I say let him stay there as long as he wants to be there. I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I think I think uh, I think he's too. He gets too hyper focused. I think he almost like. I, this is a weird thing to say. I think he needs to leave the Steelers and go coach another team. If that makes sense. 
It's like he needs that. That's a couple that needs to break up because they don't realize what they're doing wrong. So that's he's the, like that's the freshman through senior like year high school couple. That's what you're saying. They need to break up. They need to break up. But and I think I almost I almost assure you both parties will do better without the other one. I think Timlin is a great uh, Tomlin is a great coach. I think Tomlin is a great coach. I think as a steal, I think he. I think when you watch the Patriots beat him, he's so almost hyper focused, he's over focused, and then and then so and then way he then he doesn't he doesn't see something coming, and and it inevitably bites him in the ass. I mean, even his demeanor, he just looks like someone who's just not ever. He's too into it. He forces things because he only sees things his way. If he mellowed out a little bit. Well, I mean, once you've been like, there you 14 know, years or however long it's been. Oh, like, no, I get it. Yeah. But I also think that's that's a, it's one of those crazy things. Like, he could, turn, he could turn Miami around faster than I bet you almost anyone could. I literally would say that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, if you put Timlin down – I keep doing that. I'm sorry. If you put Mike Tomlin down in Florida, I'm almost willing to believe he could rebuild them faster than Brian Flores could. And that's no disrespect to Brian, Brian Flores. That's just saying – that somebody Tim, else can Tomlin do a better job it. than you because you're horrible at your job. No, no disrespect. No, I think Flores is brand new and in it. How do you even know? You know what I mean? Like you're trying to put in things that you don't have. Do you know what I'm saying? If, if, if Bill Belichick is a master builder who has had his way for 20 years, having also made mistakes, it was like if you read sort of like The Education of a Coach and, and The War Room by Michael Hawley, Education of a Coach by David Halberstam, it's like one of the arguments they make is that, like, his experience with the Cleveland Browns, he was stuck with um, he was stuck with uh, Bernie Kosar, who everybody loved, right? It's like the town loved Bernie Kosar uh, to an irrational degree. You know what I'm saying? Where it was like when he wanted to put in uh, Vinny Testaverde, it was like an uprising against him. And, it, and and so then, and like ownership came in, you know what I mean? Like almost like these Eli Manning problems. And it was one of those things, like in some ways you could understand why he cut bait with Drew Bledsoe. I don't, he doesn't, Bill Belichick, his job is to win NFL football games. He doesn't care if he does it with Tom Brady or Drew Bledsoe or Vinny Testaverde or Bernie Kosar. He just wants to win football games. And he never wants to be hamstrung because I have to play that's Johnny Unitas. I have to play him. That's Larry Bird. I have to play him. You know what I mean? Like Cal Ripken ruined the Orioles. Bill Belichick would. Bill Belichick would have. Bill Belichick would bench Cal Ripken before anyone. That streak would have never happened on Bill Belichick's watch. Never. In fact, he would have walked up, fired Cal, punched Billy, and then kicked Billy Senior in the ass. I, I, I believe Bill Cal Belichick. Bill, Bill Belichick would have traded Cal Ripken probably right after they won the World Series in 1983, and probably been right to do so, or whatever the hell they want. You know, because they win. I think it's 83. Because Detroit won in 84. Right. Four. Four. That was the, that that historic start that Texas gets off. I mean, Tigers get off to a crazy start. Kansas City 85, and then the right, not the Mets. Or the Mets in '86. I'm sorry. Uh, '87 Twins. Sure, sure, sure. The eight, Twins. The eight. Kirby Puckett wins twice. They win in '91 or something too. And then '88 Dodgers. 
Sure, of 89, course. you got the Battle of the Bay Earthquake, so got Oakland. 90. The A's win that? The Giants don't? The A's win it. Yeah, the A's win it. Huh. Um, That's the Bash Brothers finally winning. Yep. You know, Dave Stewart, Eckersley. Dave Stewart, dude, he always outdueled. Watching Dave Stewart would always be, he was like a, he was like a kung fu master versus like uh, the puncher, Roger Clemens. It was, it was so terrible to watch our ace. You know, when your ace always lost to the other ace, you have one of the best guys in baseball, but his guy's just, a, or he just, he can beat your guy. I mean, look, that was a tough Dave team. Stewart was the guy who could beat your guy. Dave Stewart was that guy that his judo beat your karate. And uh, what we've Dave learned Stewart recently, was... he's a horrible general manager. Uh, <laughs> well, shout it's a out. different skill. Completely different skill set. Um, no, did, was, it, was it Terry Steinbeck, their c- catcher? Uh, either way. Oh, yeah. that, totally is, that totally is right. And then that was, so then in 90, that's the Reds. Sure. Got the, the Nasty Boys. Chris sure, Sutton. that's, that's uh, what's his name, who became a Yankee. Was Paul. That, um, you know, I remember Sabo and the Goggles, everything else. All 91, right. Twins. 92, Blue Jays. 93, Blue Jays, back-to-back, right. correct? Yeah. Strike year. 95, the Braves. 96, 97, 98, Yankee, Yankee, Yankee. Yeah. Marlins uh, 99 who wins in 99 it's the Marlins uh, be, it's in 97 the Marlins yes the that's correct yep that's right so who wins in 96 then it's the Yankees the Yankees lose win, they, they lose then they grab Tino Martinez they lose in 95 in the, in the game 5 against the Seattle Mariners they then get Tino Martinez the first baseman from the uh, Mariners, which cripples the man. That's like the Griffey, Edgar Martinez, you know, uh-huh. Randy Johnson. So uh, they stole Mariners. the Mariners. But that, it's like that takes strength. It was like that was one of the great moves of the late Steinbrenner. Was like they would take your star away from you, you know, of their rival. Like Tino Martinez was like maybe the number three, number four guy, and so it's like it slowed their competition. They of course got Jeremy Giambi in two thousand or whatever that. Was. Dude, Whatever I mean, that look, was. I grew up in Kansas City. You had David Cohn and both Danny Tartable left the Royals for the Yankees. Yeah, right. Just sitting there as a kid, like, what? Why are they going to New York? Because uh, you and Coppin isn't going to pay Danny Tartable one point four million dollars a year. Are you, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> Danny mean, Tartable. Danny it, Tartable was a great name. It was it was the uh, the nineties. Uh, okay, so then it goes ninety seven. Mariner, or no, that's that's the, that's Marlins, the Marlins beating the Indians. Yeah. That's the Gary Sheffield Marlins. That's the game where Vaughn Hernandez, the Cuban refugee, like it comes over and then El Duque, it, El Duque, and he has the game. If you go back, and it's it's crazy how bad the strike zone was about three inches wider than the home play. It was just he struck out sure. a ton. I mean. It's in the documentary, The Indians, like how oh, they Oh, no, never it wasn't El Duque. It was his cousin. That's who came over first, right? That's who, right. And then, uh, yeah, so then 97, Yankee, 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 2000, Mets? No, the Yankees win. It's 2001 after 9-11 that the Diamondbacks Diamond, win. Okay, that's right. But the Subway Series was 2000 with the Mets. 2000, that's, that's Clemens throwing the bat at Piazza. Okay. 
who is not gay, because if he was gay, God damn it, he'd be gay all the way. Okay. So now that I that's, like Mike. What's not to like? And then so then uh, so now we're at two, we're at the Diamondbacks. So then two thousand and two, that's who what who that's the What's, um that's the Angels. Oh, that's the Rally Monkey. That's oh my! That's when Dusty Baker's or when Barry Bonds pulling Dusty Baker's kid off the right. Uh, home so plate. then two thousand and and then two th- two thousand and three is the Marlins again beating the Yankees after the Yankees. That's Dontrell had beaten. Willis, Josh Beckett, Cabrera. Right. That's is like also a twenty-two the, year old. Right. That's the Bartman 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 Ball and uh, and Grady Little have entered the lexicon by this point. Okay. And then of course the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in 04. Uh, the Iraq War is going so badly that then the Chicago White Sox win in 05, so we're ending 86 seven-year-old droughts. Uh, 06 Cardinals? That sounds right. Uh, 07 Red Sox? 07 is the Red Sox. That's right. That's so right the, there, uh, you're jump. feeling good. You're like, holy shit, two in four yeah, years. Yeah, Jacoby how, Ellsbury how... steals a taco, uh, and all of America gets free Taco Bell tacos. All of a yes, sudden, there's happens. there's whisper. Little little did you know, Kevin Garnett's coming over to play for your Celtics. Oh, well, that was also the perfect. That was the perfect season. I mean, it was also that was like we oh seven was we win a World Series and then we have the perfect season, uh, which ends of course with uh, you know Giants Super Bowl one, and uh, and then but then I and I am done with I am done with sports because I'm on the dark side of the moon. There was after the perfect season. Uh, there was no reason to watch sports anymore. I had literally seen you couldn't. What was I going to do? The Patriots would. I had won and lost Super Bowls, but nothing like a, per, a perfect season uh, was ever going to happen again. Well, now that oh seven season, that was the first time ever they they were calling it the half Super Bowl because when you guys played the Colts halfway, you guys were both eight and zero, I believe, at the time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I'd ever seen a game. Would have been the greatest. It would answered all questions. That would I still remember at that time. Brady and Belichick would have tied uh, Chuck Noll and Bradshaw Montana for the four Super Bowls. Uh, they would have tied the perfect season with the '72 Dolphins. They would have, they would have had the best. They would have stomped uh, out a lot of fires, a lot of bar fights. It was, bar- uh, it would, it would have ended a lot of sports. I, I mean, in some ways, I, I, I have often joked that Belichick, Bill Belichick, wore a red hoodie that day as a signal that the NFL was never going to let him win because it would have ended football. You just didn't. I mean, I also made the joke that if he'd won the Super Bowl and gone perfect, that he was going to be sent to Iraq to fix that because Bill Belichick could win anything. That's I mean, that. that's if we wanted to get out of these wars, we'd send Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick can win a war. If you win that, any bar argument, you win. You know, with a Steelers fan, and you're kind of you're entering that Yankee like 27, you know, or whatever number they've won. Um, but who won in 08? Of uh, in baseball? Yeah. Uh, God, who did win in 08? I know, okay, uh, the Rays. The Rays. I think that was the win. Joe, I think that's the Joe Madden, Evan Longoria, David Price. They don't win. No, 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 they don't win. I'm just saying, I, I think they make the World Series that year. So, it's a National League team. God damn. Is it the Cardinals That could be the again? Cardinals. What's that? Yeah, or the Giants, because the Giants nope, get in nope, there. Nope, not the Giants. They don't win until 10. 
Oh, okay. So I think it is the Cardinals because I remember they. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because then there was a point because it's like it was like us, the Cardinals, and the Giants all had two, and then the Red Sox had one, one, three, and then four. And I believe that might have been the postseason when Albert Pujols sent that Brad Lidge pitch actually through the roof in Houston. Oh nine is the oh nine is the Yankees. That's the first year of Yankee State. Oh nine, and then in ten, the Rangers lose to the Giants. Okay. And then in eleven, you've got. God, dang, that could be the look. Cardinals. That is now then. They, okay, yes, but then I think I we got to change our 08. Did they because they went sure. three in the past? I don't know. Decade. They won a color. They were, I mean, they've been kind of a machine. I mean, the fact that they're good. I mean, it's surpri- It's surprising. Okay, I'm just gonna look it up because I'm not sure. I mean, and... just going. Yeah, we'll go back the other way. It's like it was the Red Sox in. You know, it was last year. It was the Red Sox were in 17. You guys were in 15. 16 was the Cubs, right? 14 was... No, no, 17 was the uh, Astros. Oh, yeah, no, you said that. I'm sorry. Astros. 17 was the Astros. The Phillies. The Phillies. What am I... Right. The Phillies. That makes all the sense in the world. We totally shorted the Phillies. They've won two. Yeah. We totally shorted... The other one's against the Rangers. Yeah, we were were way... Yeah, the first... Yeah, and then... uh, yeah, that was the. Let me see what. But remember, should Tom Brady get to the Super Bowl this year, that means he'll have gone to ten Super Bowls in twenty seasons, which is fifty percent of seasons played. Let's see. Oh yeah, they just okay. No, they just won that one in two thousand and eight. That's correct. Okay, that makes more sense. So the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies. So then the Cardinals went in eleven and twelve. The Giants thirteen. The Red Sox fourteen. The Giants fifteen. The Royals. 16 was the Cubs. The Cubs, 17, Astros. The Astros, and 18 was the Red Sox. Eight, yep, 19, the Dodgers. So that can Oh, you just threw okay, that in got, there. I saw you just did there. Look out. Yeah, we got we got through the uh, the list. Um, so another up. episode in the books. I'd like to, we have to say uh, in this day in history, Ken Norton Sr. passed away with that 19, oh, uh, we said uh, 2013. Yeah, 70 years old, Ken Norton Sr., son, Ken Norton Jr., uh, what, defensive end, linebacker for the Cowboys? He was a linebacker for uh, both the Cowboys and the 49ers. He was one of those guys that went between the rivalries, I recall. Did he get rings with both teams or just with the uh, – I think he might have. I really think he might have. Uh, I was going to say I stumbled across – I'm a doc. I love documentaries. And especially ones about sports, ESPN, I watched uh, the American game, and it was very much kind of like a Ken's, Ken Burns, but with football. Uh, yes. But what I pulled from that was that Teddy Roosevelt single-handedly saved football. I mean, since 1905, really, since before that even, it's well, always it been about injury, so many making t- the game teams safer. are called the Rough Riders or the Rough Riders. And yeah, that's the, the thing. Safe. That was, you know... All the uh, now that you know why so many teams are called the Rough Riders. And, uh, Teddy Roosevelt thought his dad was a pussy because he bought his way out of the Civil War. So he spent his whole life making sure people didn't think he was one. And so he thought football was a good way to make boys into men. Um, Man's game. And 
but the doc. So it's very historical, but they do a really good job of breaking down the evolution of offenses, of defenses. Like the first forward pass was 1905. That was one attempt to kind of – because they used to just – there didn't used to be a neutral zone. There didn't used to be your side, my side. I don't, like the first right. 40 years of football just sounds horrible. It's like a – Like it's just – it's more like rugby. There's a weird moving scratch. You know, but that was the thing I wanted to talk about. Cheater, you know one of the things I would like to see? I now believe – that the shovel pass, if you underhand a shovel pass forward, I think it should be a fumble if it hits the ground. I don't think you should be able to just pitch it forward and get away with it. I think if a, you know what I'm saying, like, I, it's like I, I would like them to make that a live ball. If you underhand it, I think if it's an overhand pass, help forward, the defense out. Right. I think you need to make it like you know. You know, I believe we need to get rid of automatic first downs for defensive holding. I believe we uh, the shovel pass. If you underhand that ball forward, I think that's a live ball. If that hits the ground, I don't think that should be an incomplete pass because you got to give you got to start giving the defenses a break. That that was probably a rule in 1938. I mean, 1941. Right. You wouldn't do that. That's where you're talking about the forward pass and all that. Like you think about what the incompletion does to change the game. Well, they were saying the um, substitutions. Like, that wasn't even allowed until 1941. You had to play both sides of the ball, and if you substituted, it was at the quarter or if there was an injury. And so it, they were saying it was hard for... Much more like you would see with European soccer. You know, yeah, kind of like that. And it, it was hard to like... get big fat guys to play because you needed endurance to get your ass and kick ass, get your ass beat for an entire game. But they called it platooning, but in... Uh, so they tried that out for a whole decade, banned it again in the 50s, then brought it back in the 60s, and then it gets into the weight training. Nebraska just put that on the map, and they just Absolutely. got – it was one year they got crushed by Oklahoma on national television, didn't even score. They hire a weight trainer. The next year they go undefeated, win the national championship. Um, they also were the first program to hire a nutritionist in the 90s. So um, – I'd recommend it if you got two hours. It's called The American Game. Um, you can probably find it on demand, ESPN, somewhere, DVR it. Um, worth your time and full of a lot of fun facts, especially with the offenses. It goes into all – it spends about 30 minutes on the development of all the different uh, – the, the wishbone. The wishbone, the, the single West Coast, wing. Where that originates down San Diego State. And, I mean, so many coaches' names that I'd heard for the first time and a lot that you've heard over the years, but it's nice – it, it puts it into a puzzle. So you, like, connect one face. and like, okay, so this guy came from that guy. You know, the coaching right, you tree. you see the coaching trees and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. and so it was, it was interesting. Um, but, yeah, check like that out. Like how both Shula and Landry played for the same guy. They played in this – like, they were, like, cornerbacks. They were, like, in the secondary. It's uh, – well, they, it was talking about they had uh, Barry Switzer on there. Talking sure. about the weightlifting stuff and how they thought it would make you, they thought it would slow you down being bulky, right? And just, but he's just sitting there. He's like, just, I mean, how dumb are people? And I'm just thinking, yeah, it's 1948. People came and drink at the same water fountains. They're pretty stupid. Yeah, they think lots of things. I mean, yeah, yeah, polio, there's, by there's the way, is so like just things get you sick that you don't. Invisible shit gets you sick. Oh. Let's see. 
Oh, I was going to say the Aquino, uh, the rookie in Cincinnati. Dude, this guy looks like some sort of future Hall of Famer. He's got a weird Vladdy swing, and but even more so than Vladdy Jr. Just rips rips the ball, hits it at 110 miles an hour, like whether it's a single or a home run. Um, but the season's almost over. But if you for some reason the Reds were playing the Cubs. So if you can get to one of those games in the next couple of days, um, you know, check it out for a couple innings. You'll probably see a home run. Also, we wish a very happy birthday to Ken Brett. Ken Brett, George Brett's brother. <laughs> and, uh, also, happy, happy birthday to Tony Kukoc. Shout out to Tony. Uh, you know, it's interesting about Tony Kukoc's birthday is uh, Scotty Pippen sits on the bench the whole day. Yep. And if you bring Pippin anything while he's there, do not expect any sort of financial reimbursement for your efforts. <laughs> oh, Scotty, we love you. And for you youngsters out there, Tony Kukoc played for the Bulls. I won th- the probably three, three rings, right? Second three rings. Yeah, it was like the 96, 7, and 8 run. Um, and I was going to say he's from Croatia, but he might be from Serbia, and I don't want to confuse the two yeah you don't want to get step into that horn yeah yeah um so happy birthday tony lance armstrong i mean is it a happy birthday or it uh is it maybe but we might actually find out later that this isn't his birthday and he's lying about that too and he's fake the last seven birthdays i mean who knows she's we might have to put asterisks next to all these seven the last seven birthdays of lance's i don't know how we do this well, he ruined the, he ruined the Tour de France for America. Everyone, like, remember we were all you know live strong. Everything came strong. Boston strong, Vegas strong. All these strongs really come from Lance Armstrong. Live strong, the bracelets. But it turns <laughs> out he's a liar and a cheater. And you know, it's a whole new meaning to live strong. What he really means is, I mean, it's hard for people to hate a cancer survivor, and he's trying to do. Like, he beat cancer, and we kind of hate him for it. I had to hate a cancer survivor. Well, I hope she survived, but she was heckling me at a show in Nebraska. And then she goes, I have brain cancer. And I'm like, well, obviously it's not that severe. You're shit-faced heckling a comedian right now. <laughs> I have brain cancer. Dude, you're uh, this trash. Ma- By the way, heckling you drunk was her make-a-wish. God. That happened one night too years ago at this comedy store. I was in the doing my set, not funny because I'm just fucking horrible. But I had my I had my bits. In, I had some chuckles, at least. Um, sure. Some would argue chuckles. otherwise. I've been getting. I've been. I remember the moments. I remember recently when I've had to say I got some chuckles. You know, it's, you're <laughs> to building. make me feel better about how bad I was doing. And I look down. There's just four dudes mean mugging me. And I'm to the point where it's just bothering me. And I said something to the, you're not funny. And I was, but it wasn't, it didn't feel genuine or authentic. It just, it just sounded off. Well, come to find out they were all in some, I'm nervous in public and have problems talking. So their little workshop was like, go sit in the front row of a comedy club. It just essentially <laughs> stare at people until it bothers the entertainer where they talk to you and then fucking yell at them. I'm like, what a great thank you 
for doing that uh, <laughs> comedy work. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, how? Ah, uh, Caesar, that's a great one. I was like, uh, not to be confused with the lady that for years would come. We have to find that. We have to find that. We have to find the business that sent them to you. We need to. We need to bring this full circle. Sheetra. And it wasn't we need me. They were killing. Down. They were killing everyone the whole night. I mean, I just, understand. It was part of the workshop. I'm like, how fun is that? Like, we need to. We need to find the workshop or the life coach that recommended this, and we need to. We may even need to take their class. We may. We need. We may need to teach some lessons. Maybe bring this full circle. Anyway, one of many. When I say teach lessons, by the way, I don't mean I mean comedically. I don't mean to threaten anyone in any physical way. <laughs> I just want to make sure you know people are losing jobs over podcasts. I don't know if you know that. I know. Uh, I, you know I what? Mean... I did want to say. I want to say something real quick uh, about Shane Gillis, who I don't know, who was announced for the SNL show. And then uh, because of some things he said on a podcast, he's now been fired from a show he will never actually get a chance to work on. And I just want to say this, she's I got the chance to, I got the opportunity to work on Saturday Night Live. It was a dream job of mine. I wish I got to work there longer. It, it ended badly in a way for me because you have to leave uh, and you feel like you don't fit in at like your dream job. But it was like, in some ways, uh, I just feel for Shane Gillis who never, he doesn't, I, I didn't, I got more episodes that he doesn't even ever get to really walk in the door. He got to audition. He, he got to, he got a dream job announced and it gets taken away. And I'm not, I'm not defending anything he said. He has to live with the consequences of his actions. I just think that's one of those things where I've certainly said a lot of stupid things and unfunny things that probably could, would probably could cost me my career, but I got the opportunity to work on Saturday live and Shane Gillis never will. And I don't know if that makes the world a better place at all. That's yeah, what I'm going to say about it. I just, and the guy, like, who are, who are these people that just, okay, here's the new cast. Let's start digging. And they, they just sit there. In the, with, I'm just saying, you may, if that person, you know, the, the um, Seth Simon, I believe, is the comedy writer who unearthed this. And, I, and I'm not saying, and he's not responsible for, he found something. You know what? He found something, and then you know it's like it's because of advertisers and the cancel culture, and so it's 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 easier to to fire a guy than to actually ever really hire yep. him because you, you don't know, want to lose that Clorox. He, he, he didn't make money. any. I'm going to tell you that. I mean, Ty. unless he got some settlement out of his contract, he didn't get any money. You know what I'm saying? It's like he hasn't started working yet. Like there is no show right now. Like I can tell you that they start the week before. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah, you know, and then it's all. Hands and on so deck, he right? hadn't he hadn't gotten his passes. He hadn't walked into Thirty Rock, you know. And uh, I mean, I walked I walked through Thirty Rock just yesterday, and I don't take that trip a lot because it still has memories for me. And I wish I was in there. I would love to be back at Saturday Night Live, but at least I got the chance. It was one of those things where sometimes I feel a little bit like like Kevin Costner in Bull Durham, Crash Davis sitting in the back of the bus, going, you know. For 28 games, I got to be in the show. For 28 games, I got to hit white balls for batting practice. And, you know, for nine episodes, I got to be a writer on Saturday Night Live. I got paid for a full season. But if you look at my credits, I get credit on nine episodes. I got to, you know, I there are some other stuff I wrote in other episodes. Wait, what is this? Oh, I just opened the awards cabinet. What's in there? That's my P. I have a Peabody. I've won a Peabody. I got nominated for an Emmy. You know what I'm saying? But and it was like... And just that I got, it made, what happened to Shane Gillis made me very grateful that I even got nine episodes because it really, 
and just so you know, a uh, friend of the show, Melissa Villasenor, uh, you know, who's on Saturday Night Live, she got, you know, she had, when she first got uh, on the show, people, I mean, and she's one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Ever meet. But, you know, she got, you know, people go through and they're sifting and it's like a lot of things. And that's. We've well, done a lot of, un, we've done a lot of unfunny things on our way to, you know, the one thing I also, the other thing I want to say uh, is that you know the the offensive racial thing that that Shane apparently said that everyone got in a twist about is like remember he wasn't auditioning he wasn't presenting that as what he was going to do on Saturday Night Live like in a way while people might feel if if you you can get it go and feel justified that maybe you stopped a racist from getting on Saturday Night Live but what if I told you you just stopped the next john belushi or chris farley somebody who can bring a lot of joy i mean you know it's like you know they it's not just that they're on Saturday live and they don't just get to make money there's a point where you know there's some kid out there that will never get to know or like shane gills because he won't see him on saturday Night live and you know it's like so that, like that's like saying like cancel chris farley or gilda radner and so they never go and inspire other children uh, I mean, inspire, you know, like, or go and visit, you know, like make, we were making a joke about Make-A-Wish. And it's like these people visit hospitals and bring joy to people's lives. And, you know, in some ways, I think I think not Joy One. I don't feel that it's like you can think that he's racist and a hack. And OK, but, you know, I think it was probably going to do more. I don't know him. In fact, in some ways, I hope to meet him and get to know him. I didn't know anything about him. I heard only good things in the comedy community in, in, around New York since I heard the announcement. And then I heard and I got to hear some of the, the buzz as the, you know, as the thing started to unwind. And then I'm, I'm sad that when I found out, you know, when I found out the other day that he was uh, that he got fired, he fired before he ever started. At least I got to start. Yeah, that's just I mean, my thing was I, it was on a podcast, you know, let's say for today. 2017. I don't know. It's like you have, you're listening to all the podcasts. You, you know, it's easy to dig through Twitter. You just type in a couple of keywords in a search engine. But that's the other thing. The Melissa Via Senor, one of the nicest, sweetest right. girls, does impress. You know, just, I mean, obviously, you know, if you watch the show, she's incredibly talented and has been since I don't know since she was 17, 18. Whenever she started coming around uh, the comedy store back in the day, but. And I think she got in trouble for making Hispanic comments. Or yes, something. because also because people don't realize that Melissa Villasenor is Latina. Yeah, which... they think they thought she was just a privileged white girl making light of or making fun. You know what I mean? And that's that's one of those hard things where it's like you can't look like an entitled person that's making fun of less privileged people. Punching down is never funny. And I think that's definitely what got, you know, it's like, that's what got Shane Gillis, who I don't know. And I just think it's too bad. You know, I think it's a little bit, I, I, I feel for him. I have, a, I have a little bit of empathy, a little bit of compassion, because I don't know if, because it's like, and, and a lot of people are out there that say, well, he's going to land on his feet. I feel that said a lot by people who don't understand. You know, that person just took a major career blow. It's sort of like the Black, like the black Knight and Monty Python saying he just got a flesh wound when his leg got cut off that's a it was a it was a that's a great job that he a great job a dream job i i it would personally crush me it would crush me to be able to announce 
like you, you get Saturday Night Live, it gets announced publicly, and then the moment it gets announced publicly, you get ripped to shreds, and three or four days later, the dream is gone, and you never get to really walk in the door. You auditioned. I mean, you walked in the door, you met people, but you didn't. You didn't. You have no like. You know, I have my passes. I have tickets from my very first show. You know what I mean? Like, I got to take I got to take my father to a Christmas episode, and my dad gets to tell all his retiree friends that this is my son. He wrote on Saturday Night Live, so my parents get to brag about me. You know what I'm saying? And and it's like, you know, and and I feel bad for Holt. You know, whatever in in, in Shane Gillis's life, the people that know him and love him. You know, even if he's the worst racist. Well, I'm going to tell you this. You know. Racists have feelings too. That's all I know. And I'm not saying Shane is a racist, but if he is, you know, well, he got to to live with the consequences of this. I'll tell you one thing. And I've certainly done, and I've certainly done, I've certainly hurt my career personally and have done lots of stupid things that I hope please don't ruin my career. And if I've offended you to anyone out there, I've offended. I am sorry. And don't call this a non-apology apology. I am. Please don't ruin my career. Yeah, it's like a weird McCarthyism kind of thing, you yeah, know. Like, cancel culture. You know, it's yeah, like, a little bit of a witch hunt. You're like blacklisted for sure. I mean, I haven't gone on Twitter, but how many hack like oh he could looks like he's gonna be selling out in Alabama, you know, like yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I'll yeah. tell you that, and by the way, you know, when you talk about something to be mad about, uh, talk about a terrible story is the Pittsburgh Pirate who has just been arrested for uh, oh. uh Sexual abuse of a minor, dude. Just so got being all said about something. Instead of being said about David Chappelle's specials, cancel culture. You know, seems like the seems like baseball has their own little uh, uh, to catch a predator, to catch a Pittsburgh Pirate. So that I for whatever his name, is, he's from Venezuela. Now, do you, is that an instant deportation or which? Because if you go to Venezuela now, I feel that one might be worse than actually. Going to prison in America, <laughs> thinking, yeah, extradition. Or does he serve fifty-three years here under tax dollars? All that, blah blah blah. Sure. What do you think? What do, what do they? Do? I don't know. It just reminds me of some of the crazy. I mean, like you know, the, baseball every once in a while gets a, 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 a you know, I mean, well, well, of course, there's always the horrible like Aaron Hernandez. There's also the horrible, even more bizarre, like the Ugarbinas, like machete deaths. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that guy uh, poured gasoline on his farm hands and lit them on fire. Right, you know? Um, or like the two Yankees pitchers in the late 70s who decided to switch wives. You know what I mean? There's some strange... Sometimes the oddity of life is odd, and it it, it, it permeates through our sports as well, I guess. Uh you got Chico Lean getting pulled over pantsless with a bunch of cocaine and a Lamborghini. Um, well, that may not be love, but it's all right. <laughs> uh, well, look, I got to get out of here. I'm sure you do, too. Um, yeah, let's just do it all again tomorrow. She's at Sportsaholics, everybody. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We'll have more information on multiple things and a new segment. Uh, we're uh, well. You know what? I, let's, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna do it right now. This I wanted to do it. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, a brand new secret. The secret segment. She's ball of the week. And in honor of kind of going to Texas next week, um, to Dallas, the Rangers Red Sox game. It's gonna be a kind of weird correlation here, but 
I've got an Enron Field debut game ball with the Enron stamp on it. Yeah, um, talking about things that don't exist and, and things that you need from a, a costume department or, or wardrobe. And, I mean, a well, set design. The inaugural season. So it's the ball that entire year stamped. Um, if you're not familiar Enron. with Enron, Kenneth Lay, the guy sold air futures and just made it just made up an entire uh financial market another rich guy who killed himself to get away with <laughs> to get yeah. away with his fortune and yeah and his was so bad it was just i mean but anyway um but the ball for some reason is signed by brooks robinson <laughs> legendary third baseman of the baltimore orioles yes so i'm not sure if he's from Houston or what happened there but it's such a weird ball um, that that's why I have selected that as the first or in baseball terms inaugural baseball in my uh, baseball of the week segment baseball of the week every day there'll be a different ball in the baseball of the week well, I don't do every anyway, day guys, I'm gonna run thanks, out. For listening. thanks for listening to this episode of Sportsaholics I'm Eric Reno that's John Cheeser that's a train whistle stay obsessed